Blog Talk Radio. This land is mine. God gave this land to me. This brave and ancient land to me. Yada Yada Radio. I'm a pleasure to be here with you this evening. We have uh, Dee and uh, and Kirk. Happy Shabbat to one and all. I know there are those uh, in uh, Israel that have a conniption fit over uh, uh, actually speaking to people about Yahweh during the Shabbat because, well, they they don't want to speak to uh, anybody about Yahweh. And they think that the Shabbat should be the most rigorous day of the work where there is a thousand rules on how to uh, accomplish nothing. Uh, that certainly wasn't Yahweh's intent. He was not looking for brain-dead zombies. Uh, he was actually looking for us to celebrate our relationship with him and to spend a, uh, a day each week enjoying his company. There's no better way to do that than to share the inspired testimony of his prophets, which is what we're going to do this evening. Before we go, though, there was a... Uh, there's a uh, I guess I shouldn't use the past tense. There is uh, another horrible uh, blood libel against Israel. Uh, this one is very much like the, uh, the, the claim that Hamas made that uh, Israel bombed the hospital that Hamas was actually using uh, as a, uh, a terrorist headquarters uh, and that Hamas actually shot the rocket that landed in the parking lot and uh, and may have killed a, a couple of, uh, of terrorists, uh, but uh, certainly... Uh, didn't kill anywhere near the number of people, not even 10% of the number of people that Hamas claimed, and 100% of them were killed by Hamas's rocket that misfired, and uh, yet the world's media all picked up on the story and condemned Israel. There were riots around the world. Uh, this time, it is a, uh, it's a whole different uh, type of an affair. Uh, Muslims are... Uh, are just not well behaved. Uh, it, I'm just sorry, but that's the truth. Uh, in fact, there's a, yeah. even in Great Britain this week, a very little uh, prime minister uh, um, uh, in a country that is exceedingly anti-Semitic, um, in fact, just uh, uh, elected a outspoken anti-Semite uh, to uh, uh, the parliament, uh, came and said, you know, there's a, there's a special problem 
with the pro-Palestinian, pro-Muslim riots and protestations in this country because they, uh, they threaten violence, they threaten to kill and, uh, and annihilate a group of people, uh, and uh, they are, uh, uh, they're exceedingly disruptive uh, and cannot be tolerated. Well, what, uh, uh, what has happened is that um, Muslims don't like to work. They haven't worked in a very long time. So they have lived on, uh, on either stealing or, or handouts. And in Gaza, they are particularly good at it. Now, I don't say that to be pejorative. I mean, the fact of the matter is, read the Quran. If you think I'm speaking out of school, read the eighth surah of the Quran. It's the most important surah in the Quran. It's the surah that, uh, where Islam became Islam 2.0 after failing miserably in uh, Petra which is where the Kaaba was originally located, and relocating to uh, a Jewish settlement. Uh, some 30,000 Jews lived in Yathrib. Um, Muhammad became a sand pirate and terrorist. And stealing is lawful and good. That's the, uh, the name of the surah. Uh, yes. So they didn't want to work. They didn't want to pay their loans. And so uh, they became raiders. They really a very little difference uh, other than they were very unsophisticated at it between them and Genghis Khan, Kublai Khan, or Tamerlane. Matter of fact, Tamerlane mm-hmm. used Islam to, uh, to be successful, uh, which is how he created not only the, well, actually created the Ottoman Empire as a direct result of uh, what he did. Uh, so the world is crying for the perpetrators of October 7th, a massacre, where they raped and mutilated and burned alive uh, men, women, and children and abducted them, and they're still uh, uh, holding them as hostage. Uh, And they're blaming Israel for all manner of things, including impeding uh, aid relief in the poor. Look, they're dying and they're starving. Even Austin, the Secretary of Defense, who should probably go back in the hospital and have his brain checked, uh, claimed this week that 25 thousand of them have died oh bull crap it's uh the israelis yeah. have probably killed fifteen thousand uh, uh hamas uh operatives terrorists and there are probably three or four thousand women and children who have been killed none of them deliberately all because hamas chooses to uh hide under their skirts so that i mean there are pictures of hamas operatives holding a baby in one arm and an AK-47 in the other hand. Uh, you know, they, they place their munitions under their children's beds. Their, the biggest stashes were under hospitals and schools. So uh, while the world's crying about the perpetrators of, uh, of October 7th, nobody wants to rally behind those who are defending themselves. Uh, and... Uh, so the cry is for more humanitarian aid and, and, and a truce that enables them to be to, the trucks to come in. So Israel has learned that when the trucks come in, all that happens is Hamas steals the food. That's the reason why there could be tens of thousands of truckloads of deliveries and uh, people are pretending that they're starving to death because Hamas uses food as a weapon and they steal it. Um, mm-hmm. And so the Israelis actually... Uh, uh, back uh, in the range of a quarter mile to half a mile from the most recent caravan, uh, they uh, 
created a, uh, a protective corridor for these trucks to, to go north and deliver uh, food to the people. However, uh, before they could get there, these trucks were intercepted by mobs of Muslims. I mean, mobs. It, it looked like ants on, uh, on a sugar cane. I mean, it was just reprehensible. You, and they were climbing on these trucks. They were standing before the trucks. They were climbing on the hoods of the trucks. They were trying to open the doors of the truck. It was a mob scene. There was, you know, it's presented. They were standing in line and waiting for the precious food that the world was giving them because the Jews are trying to perpetrate genocide. Bullcrap. They were mobbing these trucks, and the trucks couldn't make their way north to deliver the food, which is where they were intended to go because they were besieged. And these truck drivers had to be absolutely petrified for what was uh, happening as they were it typically swarmed by 10, 15 people deep in front, left, right, and behind each of these trucks. And wow. when you look at the video, and there's an aerial video of the whole thing, and it, it plays out over a couple of minutes, there isn't a single case where somebody is uh, running from uh, gunfire. Not one. All they're doing is running to the trucks and then running around the trucks and then climbing on the trucks. Why? Because they want to steal what's inside of it. That's their mentality. Right. Allah made stealing lawful and good. So they're being run over by the trucks. They're being uh, stampeded by other Muslims. There are no Jews that are shooting into orderly lines, waiting uh, to be fed. There's no Jews even trying to protect the, uh, the IDF, trying to protect the truck drivers. You know, they're Muslims delivering food to Muslims. If the Muslims want to kill them, that's not their fault. Because there are uh, Hamas uh, terrorists uh, operating within these uh, groups of, uh, of deranged Muslims, uh, a group of them actually ran towards the IDF positions. Not there trying to get food. They're running towards the IDF positions. And the IDF knows that these men carry not only weapons, but also suicide vests. And... The first thing the commander said is, shoot a warning shot in the air, and in Arabic, tell them to halt. And they did. The Muslims kept on coming. They're suicidal. Allah gave them no reason to live, only a reason to die. So they kept on coming. And the commander said, if they get within uh, five meters of you, you can shoot in the leg. And so they did. And... What they did is an absolute self-defense and had nothing, nothing to do with the food caravan. And yet Italy and, uh, I don't know, France, Spain. Germany and France. Germany Mm -hmm. are asking for an independent investigation. Watch the damn video, would you? (laughs) Deal with the fucking people, excuse me, that are mobbing these trucks. They're disgusting. You are aiding and abetting mass murderers. Yep. yep. You're disgusting. Yep. And, and your progressive publications, like France 24, uh, uh, the BBC, running with this story, claiming that the world is angry at Israel for shooting the poor little Palestinians that were standing nicely in line wait, waiting 
for the International <laughs> Convoys of Food. Are you out of your ever-loving mind? No. Or are you just that disgusting? No. Are you pretending to be journalists or are you propagandists? Absolutely. So I just tell you, I, I feel sorry for Jews. Um, you know, they're blamed for being colonizer, colonizers when they've never done anything of the such. They're, uh, and they've returned to their homeland that was colonized by the Romans. That, heck, it was colonized by the Assyrians, the Babylonians, the Egyptians, uh, the Greeks, the Romans, uh, the uh, uh Muslim, Ottoman Muslims, the uh, mm-hmm. the uh, Romans out of uh, out of uh, Constantinople, uh, the Byzantines, then Muslims again, and then the British. I mean, you want a, co- a place that's been colonized? Look what happened to Israel. The only people that haven't colonized it is Israel. Then you want to call them <laughs> occupiers? What are they occupying? They gave up Gaza, and look what happened. Yeah. The West Bank, Judea and Samaria, there's no rule that says they can't build homes there. Look at the areas they're building homes. They're wastelands. The Jews own the property, and they're building homes in the middle of deserted wastelands on hills that got nothing around them. And they, then they turn it into farmland and grazing land. Which is amazing. And the world wants to condemn them, the United States in particular, for building homes. Well, those that occupy their homeland are not condemned for killing them. Right. It's one of the most egregious, hypocritical, absurd, irrational, ignorant claims history of the world. And, of course, there's no such thing as a Palestinian. And the world continues to write about these poor Palestinians when there is no such thing. There's Arab Muslims. And they already have a state. It's called Jordan. And the Sinai beckons. Israel owned it. They gave it back to Egypt. The least Egypt could do is carve out 1% of it and expand the footprint of these people. They, they're Muslims. Let yeah. them have them. Egypt doesn't want much to do with the Palestinians. No, so everything about this whole episode is revolting. And as I feel sorry for... God's people, uh, Jews, because they have no opportunity. Although I will tell you, Jews are their own worst enemy. Uh, my wife brought in a video of this 20-something uh, tear-filled piece of crap Jewish uh, girl who said, oh, I, I want a train. Uh, and when I saw the train was some Orthodox Jews. She's Jewish, by the way. The Orthodox Jews. And I wondered if, if they were part of the colonializers. I wonder if they were occupiers part of perpetrating the the genocide. You broke out in tears. What a waste of a life. What I I asked Leah to write on her Facebook page is that she should follow the example of the the crackpot from the U.S. Air Force that uh, burned himself alive while uh, protesting genocide. (laughs) Uh, Oh, that was horrible. Much much better use of, uh, of her life, I'll tell you that for sure. Uh, what in the world has happened to the minds of people? Oh, nuts. Yeah, beyond the fact 
that the Herodim aren't engaged in any of this. The Herodim are parasites. They don't yeah. fight. They don't. They don't <laughs> do anything that's in the interest of uh, of Israel. They suck the life right. out of Israel. You know, they're not serving. They don't even like Israel. They don't want to do anything until their unnamed rabbinical Messiah comes, which, of course, will never happen. Right. So <laughs> you've just got to be a numbskull to think any of this is true. And, of course, one of the, the great ironies of uh, October 7th is that uh, apart from the uh, um, the IDF on uh, duty uh, there who were um, uh, way too insufficient of force without any uh, um, uh, support from the, uh, the rest of the IDF who uh, died in significant numbers and were kidnapped in significant numbers, which means all the IDF that were kidnapped have, have been uh, tortured and are dead, uh, which is why they're not being returned. Uh, the, the, the rest, which is 888, uh, of the victims of that were almost exclusively progressives. They were young men and women at a rave, a New Age rave. Uh, you're not going to a New Age rave because you're uh, you're a conservative uh, trying to uh, uh, to support your uh, your uh, country and its uh, its traditions. They were in a they were going to a New Age rage rave. Mm-hmm. It was they were close liberal. to Gaza for the purpose of supporting um, yes. Palestinian and Israeli relations. You know, so ab- they went ab- strategically absolutely. there. Yeah, they chose that yeah. position because they were supportive of uh, the cause right. of the Palestinians. And the others lived on kibbutzim, mm-hmm. which were the first communist institutions in the country. They were exceedingly liberal and reached out mm-hmm. in every possible way to help those who were actually plotted against them and mapped where their children were going to kindergarten so they could kill them. Yep. And yet make the progressives don't learn a lesson. Yep. Uh, just astonishing. I, as I say, I feel sorry for Israel. Um, uh, but, you know, you, you, you do have your uh, problems, Israel, that uh, in America and in Israel, a uh, very significant proportion, uh, some 20, 25 percent, maybe even 30 percent of Jews are progressives. And as progressives, they're uh, they're not worth the air they breathe. I'm just sorry. That is the that is the case. It's the it's probably the worst That's adaptation of religion and in, in human history, because it not only has rendered people completely immoral uh, uh, ignorant uh, and driven by a religious zeal, they are astonishingly uh, anti-Semitic, and mm-hmm. they're on the wrong side of everything. Mm-hmm. And they have such influence in academia uh, and in the media, uh, particularly in social media, that uh, yeah. their influence is stifling and it's exceedingly destructive. And then uh, you have the religious wackos. Uh, uh, the Orthodox and uh, and Herodim, uh, which have you know uh, made made a god in the rabbi's image uh, that is so far from Yahweh and the truth, uh, and most of them, a huge percentage of them, are nothing but deadbeats and parasites. They they 
forego an education, they forego everything. And they are, by the way, hypocrites. Uh, those that would say you can't do this program on a Shabbat, they're now uh, very active on the Shabbat uh, because, uh, of course, October uh, 7th occurred on a Shabbat. So they're using their non-Shabbat cell phones uh, to chat with each other. Great violation of rabbinical Judaism. Yes, okay. I got that uh, out of my uh, system. Actually, not. I'll never get it out of my system. I, no. yeah. uh, when I uh, read these stories, when it's uh, when when they were wrong about the hospital, they've been uh, that the numbers they're quoting of uh, of dead are coming from Hamas. They're wrong about those, and they're wrong now about uh, this. And they show no remorse, and they continue to double down on their uh, blood libel. I just think it's disgusting. And then I see uh, Jews, uh, my people, uh, they're colonializers, they're perpetrating genocide. Uh, you know, from the moment Islam was created, it was genocidal against Jews. Yep. And it has been genocidal against Jews since, since for, for 1,400 years. By his and own admission. Muhammad and Muslims <laughs> wiped out Jews, took entire yep. communities of Jews, and killed them, tortured them, and killed them, and raped their women, slaved their children. Mm -hmm. And it has perpetrated genocide against Jews. What do you think from the river to the sea means? Why do you think Iran is developing a nuclear bomb? So it's just like all of the right-wing skinhead conspiratorial lies that Jews are in a secret cabal trying to eliminate the white race and rule the world, killing all (laughs) Caucasians. The opposite is true, idiot. So we as good Christians uh, need to go kill them. Pathetic. The opposite is true. And the opposite is true on these genocide claims. No country has ever risked more to protect civilians that don't want to be protected, that are staying put just because they love Hamas. And then the President of the United States has the gall to say that the only way that Israel is going to survive is by giving these terrorists a state. He is. And uh, the uh, lead position now for the next Neville Chamberlain. We wonder who that might be. And, you know, right, right now my money is on, uh, on Joe Biden. Yeah. And uh, it's his, his ultimate Hail Mary. He's a good Catholic boy, so he'd appreciate that. Uh, it's the only way to salvage his uh, reelection campaign is to, uh, is to get Israel to uh, surrender uh, its territory and form a fakistanian state imagine how that's going to work with all the weapons and terror perpetrated against israel now from uh judea and samaria and from uh from gaza if uh, they had no right to uh to go in and remove the weapons mm-hmm. it's israel it's a guarantee that uh that jews will die by the millions if the uh Two-state plan is implemented to reward terrorism. 
We uh, did warn Israel when uh, Joe Biden was giving his wonderful oratory about, uh, you know, how we're going to be in there with Israel and they have every right to defend themselves and we want to wipe out Hamas. Uh, I said, I said, he's a Trojan horse. This is going to come back to haunt you, Israel. He is a Trojan horse. And boy, is it ever. The reason, by the way, that he wants to do that is, is twofold. One is he's really stupid. Uh, the progressives in his party have convinced him that if he continues to uh, to even give some occasional rhetoric on behalf of uh, Israel, that the Muslims and the young progressives, which means the thoughtless uh, American Democrats and their youth, uh, are going to abandon him. And he might lose the election to Trump as a result. Come on. There isn't a young progressive on this planet that's going to vote for Donald Trump. Mm-mm. And there isn't a Muslim of those that are protesting against Israel that are going to vote for Donald Trump. He isn't going to lose any of those votes. That's just being stupid. And then, uh, of course, there's the Saudi Arabians, where uh, MBS has figured out that he has America by the short hairs. And that they have to dance, monkey dance or he can uh, pull the reserve currency status of the petrodollars, and America's economy is in shatters. And so he can use that as leverage, and nothing would make uh, MBS a bigger hero among his people than forcing uh, Israel to capitulate and uh, afford a state to the Fakistanians. The very Fakistanians that he has millions upon millions of, uh, of acres of deserted land with nothing on it. It's like he's building a whole city on land mm-hmm. that that they had to go release wild animals because it was uninhabited. <laughs> you should see them. They bring up the cars and they they release the wild animals to say, oh well, yeah, this is a nature preserve. <laughs> Open the the uh, gates of the zoos and nothing there. And they got all this money, hundreds of billions of dollars. Trillions of dollars, actually, hundreds of trillions of dollars. Nothing to them to create a Fakistanian enclave. Or Jordan to do the same thing or put them in the Sinai. But no, nobody wants them. They want them to die making Jews look bad because they hate Israel. And that's what you're up against, Israel. And and it's only going to get worse because you are now in the time of Jacob's Troubles. It's a 10-year countdown to the day of when it will all be mm-hmm. over. I will choose to account for proclaiming and writing the decree and prescription for living of the Almighty, which Yahweh said to me, you are my son. Yahweh said to me, you are my son. This day, I bring you forth as your father. Feel free to ask questions about this, seeking to learn the answers, because literally out of me and from me, there will be an inherited share of the land of the Gentile nations that will be given to you and unto successive generations, even unto the the distant reaches of the earth, perhaps even the material realm, becoming your property. 
Mismore, lyric to be sung to eight. You wouldn't have to read very far into Dode's Mismore, his Psalms, to figure out yeah. that he really is a son of God. Mm-hmm. Who was writing the psalm? Dode. No. What did he say? The Almighty, which Yahweh said to me, you are my son. Why, in the so-called Abrahamic religions, which all claim that the Psalms are inspired by their God, are they ignorant of the fact that God said, I have a son? And his son's name is Dode. Which means beloved David. Is there any celebration of the star of the sun? Is there? Is there any study about what did God mean when he said, you are my son, I am your father? Pretty pretty straightforward. Do do the rabbis ever lead classes on the covenant and said, oh, maybe he's talking about the covenant? Or, Or maybe, just maybe, he's talking about Bacorum. Oh, what's Bakurim? We 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 don't do that anymore. Oh, that's part of matzah. Oh, uh, what's matzah? We don't do that anymore. I guess they can't because they don't even understand what I was talking about. And of course, then in Christianity, they created a fake Messiah and Son of God. When it says right here. Dode, you are my son. Yep. And I'm bringing you forth yep. on this day. What day? Bakurim. What other day? Kapurim. One is firstborn children. Dode, of course, is called the firstborn of Yahweh. Yep. And the other is the day of reconciliations, where Zachariah specifically says that uh, Dode is going to be the person that's going to anoint the mercy seat of the Ark of the uh, of the Covenant on Kaporim so that God's people could be reconciled. Hey. Put the pieces together. And Dode even says, feel free to ask questions about this. Seek to know. <laughs> Learn the answers. Yeah. Inquire. Yeah. Why? Because from me the inheritance comes. Well, how can Dode produce the inheritance of the covenant unless he fulfilled Pesach, Matzah, and Bakurim? It's the only way Dode can produce it because otherwise it's coming from God. Yeah. But Dode says, I'm the one that's producing it. That means that Dode yeah. fulfilled Pesach, Matzah, and Bakurim. It is an inheritance. It's a nakala, the very thing that Yahweh spoke routinely and, and repeatedly to Abraham about. This day that Yahweh is bringing forth his son is prophetic, just like the rest of the second Mizmor psalm of his second and third coming, of the fulfillment of Bukurim and uh, Bukurim and Kapurim, it wasn't just Dode's work as a songwriter, but as a savior and future king. 
Now, some people have a tough time saying, well, uh, how, how can the dote have, have come back and you're 4,000, uh, yeah, and it would be 33 CE, and, and then, you know, he's coming back uh, as, the, uh, as the king. How is that possible? What do, you, what do you think, that when somebody dies that's part of the covenant, that they just go poof? Do you think think their soul dissipates to nothingness? Or do you think that soul is brought into Yahweh's home? And as a soul that Yahweh empowers and enables with his spirit, do you think that that God might just be capable of putting that soul in in another body? Mm -hmm. Don't you think that God understands what what Einstein discovered that E equals MC squared and that energy, which would be the equivalent of what a soul is, is comprised of and spirit and matter, which is what our bodies are comprised of are the same thing, just different amounts of the same thing. You can go from one to the other. Einstein knew it. Don't you think maybe God knew it before Albert? (laughs) So, It is not difficult. The thing that's difficult is what Dode volunteered to endure for his people. The pain of being the the sacrificial lamb and be tortured by the Romans. The most maniacal empire on earth. Maybe even the history of the earth. And then to endure matzah and take our guilt with him, with his soul into Sheol. And to think that after doing it, there wasn't a single Jew who recognized what he had done, even though he wrote all about it. He's telling yeah. you about it here. Read the second, the 22nd Mismore. It's Dode expressing what he would endure as the Pesach Al and then on Matzah. Through crucifixion, 500 years before crucifixion was invented. 88, Mismore, the same thing. What do you think Yashaya is talking about in the ninth chapter? When he talks about a child is born and a son is given. And he's going to be a Gabor. Just who Dode is. The competent and courageous man of God. It even names Dode in the prophecy. And then Yashaya 53, where it's introduced to saying, do you know who the Zeroah are? Happen to be three of them, the two of them that are really important, Moshe and Dod. And then it goes to explain that one of those Zeroah is going to serve as the Pesach Gael, take our guilt away from it and take it upon himself. That was the hard part. But there was a harder part knowing that his own people would deny him. Not a single Jew. For the next 1970 years, said a word about what he had done, even with all the prophecies pertaining to it. And then the most popular religion in the world would specifically give all of what he had done and corrupted and make up a myth of some 
mythical Ayusu Christu that allegedly did and deserves the credit becoming junior god mm-hmm. which it actually did. And of course then in Islam uh, Dode is a Muslim who uh, has less merit than about 500 other people. That's what God is talking to us about. You want to see Dode and all of his glory. Wait, it's only nine years from now when he comes back as our king, as our shepherd, as our savior. We're going to read about that here just in a, in a moment. So Yahweh is affirming that he is bringing his Ben, son, and our Masiach, Messiah, forth to fulfill Chagmatsa, and his Malek king to reign over and defend Yisrael at the end of days. Therefore, the realization of a second coming and a third coming are true when applied to the right Masayak, the Masayak and Ben's son, Dode. Fundamentally, Sha'al, which was the word translated to question, to inquire about, to ask about, to look and search for uh, answers, isn't Yahweh telling Dode to make this request of him, but instead he is encouraging him and therefore us to choose and inquire about the reasons God was willing to do this with his son. Why did he fulfill Pesach, Matzah, and Bakodim through Dode? And, of course, the reasons are many. First of all, there isn't anything that God does alone that he can do with someone. The greatest events in human history are God and someone special, a Moshe, a Noach, an Adam, an Abraham, a Dode, working together. That's what God does. I was just uh, reading today about the 185,000 Assyrians that uh, Yahweh took care of because uh, uh, the Quran talks about how uh, um, uh, Allah had uh, uh, thousands upon thousands of uh, of angels, rank upon rank, riding on chargers, horses, uh, with their (laughs) with their weapons, uh, fighting against. Forty overweight uh, uh, merchants, uh, and uh, who they killed, and forty that they took captive. Uh, I'm saying, what a pathetic God! Uh, imagine <laughs> angels so pathetic. There's, there's actually no such thing. It's a Greek word, uh, malak, but um, so pathetic that it would take a thousand of them to take on uh, uh, and kill 40 merchants and, uh, and uh, abduct uh, 40 overweight businessmen. Uh, <laughs> accompanied by 300 Muslim swinging swords uh, at the same time, of course. And I said, let me just give you a little comparison. Uh, the Assyrians came into, uh, into uh, Israel and Yehuda a second time. The first time, they ransacked the northern kingdom and, and hauled 10 of the 12 tribes off to uh, obscurity. And the second time, they started ransacking uh, every community around Jerusalem. And finally, the 185,000 Assyrians settled outside of the, uh, of the walls and gates of Jerusalem. And 
my buddy, this is why I like uh, the way that God works, um, Yashaya, the demeaning Yashaya by calling him my buddy, I, I have an affinity for him. I, uh, I feel very close to him. I have tremendous respect for him. And so Yashaya uh, meets with uh, Hezekiah, who's already done something that really pleased Yahweh. He uh, got rid of all the religious artifacts in Israel, got rid of them all. And then he celebrated uh, uh, what rabbinic Judaism fails to celebrate, Chag Matzah. Pesach is the first day of Chag Matzah. It's not the holiday. It's just the first day of it. Pesach is part of Chag Matzah, not the other way around. And so they celebrated, and they had such a great time, they did it for another week. And, and everybody was having fun, even with the, uh, the Assyrians bearing down. There's 185,000 of uh, the uh, toughest, best-trained, best-armed military in the world outside of the gates of Jerusalem. And so uh, Yashia goes and tells Hezekiah, don't sweat it, man. We got this covered for you. <laughs> They're not going to fire a single arrow. They'll be, they'll be gone tomorrow, not to worry. One malak, that's all it took. One malak in a few minutes, gone, all of them. We even have historical uh, affirmation. Sinareb uh, retreats back to, uh, to um, uh, Assyria, and he said, I, I, I had them like birds in a cage. <laughs> but it didn't work out so well. He lost his entire army. That's just the, the difference. But God likes working through, uh, through people. And, uh, and so Dode is the person he, uh, he wanted to fulfill Pesach with. But God, and Matzah and uh, even Shabuah, but God doesn't work uh, on the basis of intimidation, of uh, obey me. Uh, you don't necessarily have to volunteer. He's, he's very persuasive. Um, I, I can tell you that uh, quite recently, uh, after October 7th, uh, I, I realized that the, probably the best antidote Israel had against Islam, uh, which was the cause of what happened on October 7th, it's not Hamas, it's not Hezbollah, it's not Islamic Jihad, it's not Fatah, it's Islam, uh, was Prophet of Doom. And I hadn't rewritten it, hadn't updated it, hadn't done anything for over 20 years. And, oh, God, those were dark days that I was, uh, I wrote that book. Uh, Islamic scriptures are hellish. I mean, it's demonic. It's really dark and deadly and bloody and disgusting. And I'm a guy that thrives on evidence and reason, and everything is upside down. And it's inverted. So it's, it's really tough on a guy like me. And so uh, I, I just knew that was the answer, and yet I didn't. I, I hadn't been there in uh, in 20 years since I wrote it. I didn't know what kind of condition really it was in. You know, you you might say, "Oh, how could you not know that?" Well, you know, I've, I've written 30 books since that book. Yeah, that's a lot. You know, and mm-hmm. uh, and so uh, my mind is on what I'm doing now, and and so I I went to Yah that same same day. And uh, I said, you know, I'd really like to continue on with uh, with coming home. Uh, it's an important message, and uh, uh, I really don't want to go back and uh, and uh, and rewrite uh, Prophet of Doom. And 
and uh, it was just piercing. I have taken care of you. Now, take care of my people. So, God didn't make a demand. I could have said, no, I, I really don't like that uh, that Islamic stuff. I want to stay away from it. Plus, the last time I did it, I got 10,000 death threats. That's not a lot of fun either. Uh, and no uncertain terms. I've taken care of you. Now take care of my people. He didn't say, I'm not going to continue to take care of you if you don't do this. There's no inference in that at all. No. But their inference was, I've done right by you. We've had a great time together. We've, we've accomplished a lot together. And I've prepared you for this moment. Over 22 years, I have prepared you for this moment. You're equipped to do it. You're the only person on the planet equipped to do it. Was the inference? Mm-hmm. Now let's go do it. That was, uh, uh, will be uh, five months ago in, uh, uh, in a matter of days. And uh, it's been uh, one of the most rewarding experiences of my life. Um, I'm glad. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, there are times where it's, uh, it's painful, but the, the book, Goddamn Religion, is infinitely superior to Prophet of Dumb. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Uh, it's far more entertaining. And this time it was written for a single audience. Yeah. Jews in Israel. Jews. It's written for you. It's my gift. Yahweh's gift. I'm the scribe. Uh, and so this is an example. This is what God does. He likes working through people. And sometimes there's not a lot of people willing to work with him. So if you wondered why he stooped to a, uh, a goy this time, well, first of all, the job didn't require a prophet. There was plenty already conveyed by the prophets. He needed a witness, a troubadour, a herald, a choder, as he would say. It wasn't the main branch. Doge the main branches, twig off that branch. That'll do. But no one had listened for a very long time. And if I'm talking to, uh, to Jews this evening... You've forgotten your God's name. His name is Yahweh. That name is really important to you. You've forgotten all about the covenant. Five conditions and five benefits. You don't even know what the seven Moed Mikre are. And your celebrations are back asswards. You treat Passover as if it's anything other than the lamb. You throw a, what you even call as the roa, which is a lamb bone on the plate and fill it with all sorts of rabbinical rituals. One thing you got right, though. On a good Seder, you'll set a place and pour a glass of wine for Elia. (laughs) Because guess what? He's coming back on Passover. Three years before the end. 5997. Yeah, which happens to be in 2030 on Passover. I'll be joining him there. And so it's good that you've set a table for him. The only thing that's bad is that he's going to speak out against you. He's going to condemn you as, as Orthodox Jews and rabbis as he condemned the prophets of Baal. Yes. So he's not going to be your friend. 
So here we are. That's uh, why does he work work with Dode? Because that's what uh, what Dode wanted. My point there was that we don't. Yeah, well, we'll not force anyone to do anything. But he's very persuasive. Look at Moshe. Moshe didn't want to go back to Egypt. But yeah, well, kept on and said, you know, I think I can make your mouth work. I, I invented it after all. <laughs> and if you're worried that you can't speak uh, enough words, your blabbermouth brother is heading down the uh, the path now. He can come along with us. <laughs> you know, have, have you figured out who I am in this relationship, Moshe? I just happen to be God. And you know, our people are suffering there. And I volunteered to go with you to liberate them. It's a pretty good deal there, Moshe. I don't know if you think that trend, uh, attending to your sheep here in Arabia is, is, is more rewarding or valuable. But that's a pretty good offer I'm making. I'd appreciate it if you'd say yes. He likes working with people. So how did Dode get into this? God didn't even ask him. No. He volunteered. When you study the Mizmor in the original Hebrew, and you go back to, uh, to the way that they have been retained in the Dead Sea Scrolls, and you make uh, a real effort to understand the, uh, the Hebrew stems, not just the conjugations, the stems and the moods, where you understand that Hebrew has a way to convey volition in first, second, and third person, to convey the will of the speaker, the will of the one being spoken to, the one being spoken about. And when Dode writes of fulfilling his purpose, which was he volunteered to serve as the Pesach Eel, the Passover lamb, and then to do the unbelievably painful part and to carry our guilt with him and to Sheol. Wow. He volunteered. And when you read the Mismor, you recognize that Dode said, this was my choice. I did it because I wanted to do it. I chose to do it. And then because you can write a phrase both in first and second person volition, he added a second person and, yeah, well, you agreed. This is the way it should be. Now, Doe did it because, well, while he is the most valuable person in human history, the most interesting, the most brilliant, the most beloved by Yahweh, the returning uh, king of eternity, the anointed Messiah, the man that God says, you're the exemplar of the covenant, you are my son. That's a pretty good resume. I'd say. <laughs> Dode realized that uh, in a, an exceedingly challenging life with lots of responsibility over very, very difficult people, Jews, they're difficult people. And if you don't think that's a fair statement, read the story of the Exodus. Maybe start with the, uh, the golden calf and end with the waters of Mirabah. Mm. Or maybe talk about uh, what happened when they quote-unquote, spies went into the promised land and what the people did. You're wrestling. And Dode was put in charge of these people. It's a tough job. And he did a meltdown at the end. It was too, it was, it was too much for him. 
Yeah, he continued to serve as a great defender of the people, but he made a lot of personal mistakes. And, and one of his great tragedies in his life was his own family, the pain of his own family, of his, of his daughter being raped, of his youngest son being the rapist, of his third uh, or second son killing his firstborn son for raping his daughter. That same son leading an insurrection against him where he was killed, and that that, that tore Dode's heart out. Mm -hmm. And Yahweh offered Dode uh, many opportunities to uh, recover, and and, and Dode responded poorly. Uh, Dode is a, and I can speak, listen, uh, Dode is so far above my pay grade, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm humbled just to know him and to be able to talk about him and be able to, uh, to serve him, and, and clearly... When it comes to Dode, I'm in servant mode. But nonetheless, the Yahweh is very frank about his people. And he told us where Abraham, for example, was a, really scal a real scallywag. I mean, he pimped out Sarah twice for personal profit. That's, that, to me, is fighting words. That's a scallywag. Mm -hmm. uh, and so Moshe was not. Moshe, <laughs> Moshe got it all right. But Dode got a lot of it wrong, and Yahweh goes to great lengths to tell us what he got wrong, because it's important for us to know that the Torah doesn't condemn us for doing something wrong. It makes it possible for us to be perfected right. when we do things that are wrong, particularly when we come to have the right answers about God and what he's offering and expecting in return, and, and Dode had those. And, and so Dode's flaws are important because if Dode could be so beloved with his flaws, so can we. It makes God approachable. makes Dode approachable. He's the lovable rogue. And so Dode knew that he had many, many issues in his life uh, and family. And so he knew that if he made this sacrifice over three days, he would fundamentally change the world. He would change the lives of his people. He would save them. And in saving them, he's even saving himself. Sure. It is the greatest trade-off and calculus that's ever been made. Maximum <laughs> suffering for two of those three days, and an eternity with brothers and sisters who are going to be able to share the inheritance in eternity because we did this for them. Forevermore, I will look at Dode as my Savior. I'm here because of what he did. So are all of us. Mm-hmm. If he hadn't fulfilled Pesach and Matzah, we have no chance of a relationship with Yahweh or any access to heaven. He did this for us and for himself. This is what he wanted to do. He volunteered, and Yahweh said, you know, you're right. It's the best possible way to fulfill the promise of Pesach, Matzah, and Bekorim, leading to Shavuah. Pesach is the door that opens the gateway to life eternal. So Yahweh's home. Or matzah is the threshold, the welcome mat, where we are cleansed on our way in. 
the Bakudim, or our adoption papers, where we're become part of God's family, inherit all that he has to offer. And we receive this inheritance through doubt because of what he did. We become second and third born sons and daughters on Bakurim. But the way Yahweh works, once we enter eternity, we're all firstborn children. That's what the rabbis have given up. That's what Christians and Muslims have given up. That's what the secular Jews have given up, this great gift on the Son who was given to us. So Dode volunteered, Yahweh accepted, and now they're announcing that the inheritance is, uh, is from them. It is a nak Allah, an inheritance. To a lesser degree, Yahweh was also announcing on Dode's behalf so that we would understand a prophecy he would make through Zachariah, Zechariah, centuries later. Uh, to my view, it is one of the prophecies I can't read to this day, and I have, I have translated it 50 times, commented on it at least that many times, and every time I read it, I break down in tears. I, 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 you know, I, I be honest with you, as, I, as I'm sharing what our brother, our king, our Messiah, our shepherd, our savior did for us, I, uh, I get weepy-eyed. I, it's, it's tears of joy, but the, the tears are real. Uh, I understand what he did. I appreciate what he did, and I'm so frustrated for him that his people have denied him and themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that these religions have grown up in denying of what he has done. He would make this known through Zachariah centuries later after revealing, I shall cut off the pride of the Philistines and I will remove his blood out of his mouth and his filthy, idolatrous abominations between his teeth. God is speaking prophetically of dealing with the wannabe Palestinians in the aftermath of the final Islamic assault on Israel. The enemy with whom Dode was most successful in mitigating, beginning with Goliath, would come inappropriately to camp out near my house because he who returns such that no oppressor shall pass through any more. He who returns is the same man who has and will once again camp out near Yahweh's house, Dode. Then this from Zechariah 9 through, uh, through 12. It's uh, uh, among the most powerful prophetic statements uh, ever revealed. And as a result of the one who is returning, Yahweh encourages Yisrael to exuberantly rejoice. Manifest to the greatest extent possible a joyful attitude over the extraordinarily favorable circumstances, singing jubilant songs, daughter of Zion. The President of the United States called himself a Zionist the other day, and I wanted to puke. He has no idea what it <laughs> means to be a Zionist, nor do even Jews. 
Zion is a Hebrew word that means signs posted along the way. To be a Zionist, you have to know Yahweh, and you have to know what's on those signs. You have to have to even know where they're posted. They're posted on the ridge line of Mount Moriah, Moriah, between Zdod's home and Yahweh's home. They speak of the covenant. They speak of the Mikra that lead us there. They speak of Dod and of Yahweh. Choose to shout for joy, daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. Your king. It doesn't say a king. It says your king. Who's the most famous king by a billion fold in Israel? Definitely Dode. Well, mm-hmm. actually, you know, there's only two to pick from. Actually, two yeah. and a half. Two and a half um, to pick from. You got, oh, you, it starts with Shaul, a people's choice. Yeah. He was king over uh, uh, United uh, Israel. He just turned mm-hmm. out to be a creep that spoke against the Torah and ended up demon-possessed for it and killed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, Solomon after uh, Dode and he got himself in a pickle by uh, prioritizing way too many pagan women as part of his harem. Mm-hmm. And uh, he lost sight of, uh, of what, why he was there. So there's really only one. Oh, okay. So it says your king is, is coming. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to say, Dode is returning as king. Right. Okay, this is not hard, folks. Your king is coming to you. This is written by Zachariah. Zachariah prophesied, what, about 600 uh, BCE and thereabouts? Um, yeah, around there. Five, 550, or maybe 550. Uh, uh, Malachi was the uh, last. Uh, Zachariah was the second to last. Malachi, uh, hmm. I think, was uh, uh, 447 to be exactly 1,000 years from uh, the, uh, the Exodus and, uh, and 1447. Uh, BCE, Zachariah was right before him, so maybe 550 BC. Dode lived what 11 uh, uh, or, or sorry, a thousand BCE. Uh, so um, we're dealing with with at least 500 years, right? This is 500 years after Dode's life as king of Israel, and it says your king is coming to you. So what do you think he's talking about? It can be only one of two events. The fulfillment yeah. of Chagmatza and year 4,000 Yah, and or the fulfillment of Kapuram and Sukkah in year 6,000 Yah. He is right, just, upright, and vindicated. Dode is the ultimate of Sadak. He is correct, righteous, in accord with the standard, innocent, acquitted, just, honest, accurate, and fair. Dode was right about God. And what's more, he provides deliverance and is saved, both straightforward and unpretentious. He provides salvation in a method where he himself is saved. Can only happen in one way. 
over the course of three days. Pesach, Matzah, and Bakudim. That's why Pesach, Matzah, and Bakudim were the dress rehearsal for what Do did back with Moshe and the uh, Yatza Exodus. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the children of Yisrael were freed because with Pharaoh having ordered that the firstborn sons of the Hebrews be taken and killed, God felt, you know, I think I've got the perfect response that will get his attention. And so Ferret Tutmos, the uh, the third's son, was killed that night. It got his attention, and the children of Yisrael were freed. And on Matzah, they left Mitzrayim, leaving religious and political oppression behind. And Bukhodim is the celebration of where they cross through the the sea and are born as you would be born in a uh, as the womb breaks, the placenta breaks, and you have uh, the uh, gushing forth of, of water. Um, and it's so, a beautiful this story. Is, yes, this is Yahweh's message to us that that Dode's fulfillment of is going to fulfill the promise mm-hmm. of Pesach, Matzah, and Bakudim as they were lived during the Exodus. In fact. You can go back way beyond the Exodus to Abraham and Yishak on Mount Moriah. Moriah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. The dress rehearsal for, for Pesach where Yahweh said, I will provide the lamb. Don't harm your son. Your only son. The son whom you love. Though its name means beloved. Yahweh is very clear that Dod is his son. And Yahweh says, I'll provide the lamb. It was his son. Dode. And exactly the same place. Moriah, which mm-hmm. was the center place of, of Dode's city of, of Dode. God told us what he was going to do. It's not hard to put the pieces together and understand that Dode was right and vindicated. And what's more, he provides deliverance and is saved both in a straightforward and unpretentious manner. His dominion and likeness is from the sea to sea, from the river to the ends of the earth. That would make uh, Dode's uh, kingdom when he returns the planet, wouldn't it? <laughs> but it's just the planet for, uh, for a thousand years after that is the universe. Right. Uh, while Dode will likely work like Yahweh, I have father rubs off on the sun and will have lots of people that he delegates uh, to and works with. The fact of the matter is he gets the responsibility. We get the enjoyment. Yeah. Now, since this is addressing the daughters of Zion and Jerusalem and not Gentile nations, your king coming to you excludes the possibility that this is speaking of anyone other than Dode. Mm-hmm. It is addressing Dode's return to reign over the millennial kingdom, at which time he will inherit the earth from sea to shining sea, beginning to look a lot like the third coming. Good land. Staying with Zachariah a moment longer and addressing Dode's second coming and third coming, the prophet said, and for a time... 
I will pour out upon the house of Dode and upon those who dwell in Jerusalem a spirit of compassion and acceptance for those requesting mercy and clemency. And before I read the last of this, I, I want to have our listeners know that this is, is uh, speaking of Dode's second and third coming, of him fulfilling the first four Moed Mikre with Yahweh, Pesach, Matzah, Bakunim, and Shabuah, and then recoming, returning in the next sentence to fulfill Kippurim and uh, Sukkah. We are fulfilling Teruah as we speak. So he is going to pour out upon the house of Dode. So just in case you were uh, uh, not very smart. And you didn't know that your king was Dode. Yahweh says, I'm going to help you out here. I'll throw you, I'll th- throw you uh, three oh. letters and see if you, see if you can uh, figure it, uh, it out. Actually, in Zechariah, he threw him four letters because uh, Zechariah was one that actually put the Y in, making it Tawid. Uh, so I'll pour out on the house of, uh, of Dode, a family of Dode, and upon those who dwell in Jerusalem, a spirit of compassion and acceptance for those requesting mercy and clemency. We request those things when we celebrate Pesach, Matzah, Bakodim and Shabuah, which Dode fulfilled in his second coming in year 4000, Yah 33 CE. Then they will be able to look to me, accompanied by the one who they had reviled and pierced. And they will lament, lament over him just like one cries over the most uniquely special child in the valued life, anguished and infuriated over him, consistent with the anguish suffered over the firstborn. Mm-hmm. Maybe the most powerful mm-hmm. prophecy ever mm-hmm. written. Mm-hmm. Yahweh says that he is going to return. Yahweh himself. No second coming of Jesus. No return of Muhammad. No Allah. There's no unnamed Messiah here. There's no Hashem. Yahweh. They will be able to look to me accompanied by Esh Asher, accompanied by the one that they reviled and pierced. And they will lament over him, just like one cries over the uniquely special child and valued life, anguished over the firstborn. Why that reaction? Because in the 2,000 years since Joe did this, his own people have denied him. They actually, a hundred years later, foisted Akiba, the father of rabbinic Judaism, foisted a false messiah, Bar Kokhba, which is really where that star came from, son of a star. 
denying what Doe did, they, he credited creating rabbinic Judaism a false messiah. And then you had Paul, another Jew, that took every accolade and everything that Dode did, actually said Dode was dead and buried. Mm-hmm. So all of these promises have to apply to his Ayusu Christu. What a twister. An, imag- an imaginary fellow. Mm-hmm. How do you think Dode would feel? How do you think God feels that we did all of he, he His son <coughs> did all of this, and then the people reject him. Yeah, that's why nobody's going to settle for that. Right. That's why we're all crying. The realization of what we did. Finally realizing yeah. what he has done. And then look how we treated him for offering us the greatest gift in universal history. Powerful, powerful statement, speaking of the firstborn. When we read this uh, from the perspective, uh, right perspective, Yahweh's statement should indeed bring tears to eyes. It does me. Rather Mm -hmm. than recognize the Passover lamb was the son of God and the Messiah, God's people watched as the Romans tortured him, and then they denied him. Should anyone feel a bit shortchanged at the prospect of Dode inheriting the lands occupied by those estranged from God, and perhaps much more, in fact, certainly much more, I'd like to share what I learned long ago, and, and that was that owning large estates, luxurious yachts, fast airplanes, uh, uh, isn't nearly as good as being a close friend of someone who does. Uh, Dode inherits it. We are his brothers and sisters. That's as good as it could possibly be. We get to enjoy them, but don't have the responsibility of uh, keeping them in running order. We get the enjoyment without the headache. Moreover, the universe is very, very big. So there'll be plenty of room for everybody to play and explore. Moreover, by voluntarily fulfilling Pesach and Matzah leading to Bakudim, Dode earned everything that Yah was offering, including our respect to begrudge his Bakur, firstborn, of his, inter- of his inheritance. After all that he endured to make Bakudim, firstborn children, possible, is to be ignorant of his sacrifice. And what did Dode say in, in the second Mismore? I'm giving this all to you. That's, that's the deal here. I've earned it, and I'm giving it to you. That's the questions you should be asking. That's why he did it, is to give it away. The concept of Dode being God's firstborn son is only presumptuous outside of Chagmatsa, where it is the natural consequence Dode was the first and only person about whom Yahweh said, He is my son. I am his father. Adam was the creator's creation. Noah was his maritime mate, 
and thus captain of the ark. Abraham was God's friend. Yishak, based on his name, was a source of enjoyment and laughter, a playmate. Jacob was the father of his people. Moshe was his liberator, the implement and scribe Yahweh used to draw his people out of harm's way and to take them into the promised land. Yosha ben Nun, misnamed Joshua, was his exterminator, preparing the land for his people by ridding it of pests. Shamuel was his most judicial prophet. Dod, however, was all of those things. He was God's beloved son. The man who walked where none dared tread to facilitate our salvation. Guys, if, if Yahweh offered you the opportunity to fulfill Pesach, Matzah, and Bakorim, and you knew what was going to happen, single most torturous death that is possible while being mocked, and the single most hellish endeavor that's ever been endured, fulfilling Matzah by taking our guilt into Sheol, would you do it? I would want to try, give it my best shot, but I don't know that I have the fortitude Dode has. I mean, I just would doubt myself. Dode's definitely yeah. a, a better man than me. <laughs> I might you know, be ideally, more honest here sure, and tell you that I, I don't think I would. I, I, yeah, I, that would be tough. I, I love you. I love his people. I trust him. I, that's a real tall order. And I don't have the assurances Dode had, so I would say no, no. on those grounds alone. No, that, that takes a level of courage. Uh, mm-hmm. That takes uh, a level of character that I, I'm not even sure Moshe would have volunteered for that. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'd like takes, to say I would, but I just don't think I could. I think that the that being the one person in human history that had the capacity to do that and the will to do that is why Dode said, yeah. or Yahweh said, that's that's what I saw in him that no one else saw in him. Uh-huh. I think that is what Yahweh saw in him. Good, yeah. And fortunately, he doesn't have to see that in anybody else. Yeah, thank goodness. Fortunately, our duty <laughs> is all positive. Uh, sure but, is. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I quite. I've thought about that many times since we figured out that Dode do this. If mm-hmm. if uh, I realized what was at stake, would I volunteer? And, and um, uh, probably not. Probably I don't not. have the will, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, they, they, the, the, the will to do that thing, I mean, is, is genuinely extraordinary. It, and obviously, God's very persuasive. If, uh, if, uh, if he needed it to be done, we'd all, uh, we'd, we'd all go along. But we're not going to do what Dode did and say, I want this to happen. That's correct. And we don't right. have the kind of relationship right. with Yahweh where Yahweh would say, you're right, and uh, and I want it to happen with you because it's the right thing to do. I mean, there's not much I wouldn't do for my children, but would I want to? No. No, no. But, you know. No, I wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't volunteer for that. But, yeah, mm-hmm. you would, uh, Mama Bear would, would do most anything for her, uh, her children. 
but that's a tall order. That's the uh, that's the worst torture in the history of the universe. And no one's done it before, so that's yep. that's really intimidating too. Yep. And in many ways, we know more about it than Dode did, because we are able to see the whole picture and study the picture, the whole story from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. So maybe uh, maybe that was an advantage for Dode. The uh, the next statement could be in Do's voice or remain in Yahweh's. If it's in God's, he is continuing to uh, speak. It uh, would suggest that he will work with Dode as he cleans house and removes the those infected by the uh, six pack of uh, of human ills prior to his return. Religion and politics, militarism and social customs, conspiratorial claims and economic schemes that are based one version, another on the caste system. He may also be saying that he is uh, that he will use many of the Mizmor and Mashal that Dode has written to shatter the evil nature and mistaken ways of these individuals and institutions. But far more likely, the next statement has returned to Dode's voice with the prophet conveying that Yahweh has revealed what he's going to do to fulfill and, and facilitate the previous promise. Either way, it is interesting to see where these things lead. And, and sometimes the voice is, is not all, well, the voice is always important, but it to distinguish who's speaking sometimes is not all that uh, necessary. A great example would be uh, today I had the opportunity to read through again and celebrate uh, Dabadim 18. It's Moshe's voice about the uh, the one who will come after him that will be uh, like him. He's speaking of Dode. Uh, and then he goes directly into uh, warning his people about Muhammad and Islam with the false prophet. And it's in Moshe's voice. But it would read no differently if it was in God's. And Dode's Mizmor were inspired. And therefore, Dode could say it in his voice, or he could say, Yahweh said this. It's the same. So there are certain people, Yahshua was one of them, where whether it's in the prophet's voice or in God's voice, it's the same voice. You shall break up their evil nature and shatter their mistaken ways with an iron staff and scepter as if they were a potter's vessel, as a means to contain and control. And then you will shatter and separate them. Prophetically, the beast of Rome was comprised of iron and clay, and thus, with the mention of an iron staff or a scepter, even a, a molten metal rod or stick, these are such odd things to construct out of lead. We are uh, lead to consider Yahweh wielding Dode's legitimacy against the illegitimacy of this beast, especially as Rome has evolved into and become manifest in Roman Catholicism, the European Union, and the United States. That is especially so with the mention of the scepter, something that belongs exclusively to Dode, as king of a united Israel. 
What Yahweh will be shattering to facilitate Dode's inheritance will be man's means to mold implements of control, and thus war. He will be liberating his creation from them. Those who have sought to reinforce their positions and who lord over others will discover how fragile they are when compared to the one they have opposed. But of course, more than this, by carrying his people's guilt with him into shield and depositing it there, during Matzah, Dode broke his people free, such that we would no longer be bound by our mistakes. That's why Yahweh um, is so enthralled with Dode, because Yahweh sees Dode as perfect. He sees you and me as perfect. And that is because he and his son Dode took all of our guilt and deposited it, it in Sheol, which is a black hole never to be seen again. So Yahweh looks at us and said, perfect, innocent, look great to me. And that way, it's the best of all worlds. He gets to see everything that we do that's worthwhile, that makes a difference to him and, and his people's lives. Without seeing any of the other gunk. It's, it's how we can approach God and not be intimidated. To approach God and not be on guard. To approach God and be completely open. Mm-hmm. It's because he loves the things that we are doing together that are good, and he doesn't see any of the stuff that we've ever done that is bad. It's the best of, best of everything. Yes. Absolutely. We have been warned. Therefore, now, political and religious leaders, military and government officials, choose to be prudent and circumspect and elect to heed this warning, making the rational decision to defend the land. How many European heads of states, how many Asian heads of state, how many New World heads of state are saying, let's defend the land. Brazil just came out and attacked Israel. Mm-hmm. Most of Europe yeah. is doing the same. Russia did the same. All the Muslim world. 11 it's countries since uh, October 7th have cut ties politically. Yeah. With Israel, not with the perpetrators. Mm-hmm. Right, with Israel. With people who are raped and abducted and murdered and burned alive. They've cut ties with them and bonded with the perpetrators who committed those heinous acts. Brazil cut ties because their ambassador equated Israel's defending itself to perpetrating the crimes of the Holocaust on Gaza. Gaza. Disgusting in parallel. Yeah, that was the Mm -hmm. Brazilian head of state, wasn't it? Yeah. It's stunning how stupid humankind has become. That's why our message isn't designed for progressives. You're not thoughtful enough. You're not reasonable enough to process it. In fact, you're part of the problem, not the solution. Mm-hmm. And it isn't for the religious, not Herodim or Orthodox Jews, not for Christians, certainly not for Muslims. We don't want you anywhere near heaven. 
Uh, you, your religion, you can have it. It's all yours. I like this word. Yes, sir. Choose to accept this correction. Endure conditional punishment. This is an important part of hearing Yahweh's message and onboarding what he's saying to you. You're going, it's going to be tough. Onboard it, accept your responsibility, and yes. make a rational decision with that information. It's, it's not complicated, but your ego has to get out of the way. Yes. Uh, he says, my advice to you is that you uh, defend Israel. You know, the last UN mm-hmm. vote uh, was, uh, was only one, one major nation in the world that voted on behalf of Israel, and that one will stop voting on behalf of Israel very soon. Mm. She's abandoned. Exactly mm-hmm. the opposite. Uh, Kirk, before we go on, I know that you uh, did some analysis of some uh, key words that I probably skipped right over and um, mm-hmm. forgot to bring to uh, your analysis to uh, to the, the fore. Uh, have some of the words that we have covered so far uh, been part of your analysis, or are they words that we haven't gotten to yet? No, no, we got to them, but uh, it was um, the, the whole context of it was I, I, you know how you've seen thousands of pages that I, I would translate and uh, and I would also use the letters, so I just stumbled upon these while I was uh, saying that's be a good one to look up, and uh, it was the one that was really most uh, interesting is Jerusalem, so, yeah, and I was broken, I broke it down between uh, uh, Yara the two two parts Yawa. Yara and Shalem, and uh, as I was doing it, I it's been this way for months and months and months now, where it's so much dulled in this picture that I can't separate him out. <laughs> of, you know, I didn't yeah. see it. I, it is just say, yeah, it, it, yeah, no joke. But it's, it's it's even even in the words where I would look at something like a yod or a yod, depending on which one, uh, how you want to pronounce it, and I would think to myself, well, okay, if that that breaks down to Yahweh, you know, lifting this up and, and so forth, and then I would go, well, wait a minute, you know, that's they're so intertwined now in my thinking, mm-hmm. Yahweh, yod, it, it has to be dod as well, or I look at it as as one helping. Don't do this for us, sort of thing. So it's it's like, uh, so if you break down Yahweh, which is the most interesting word anyway from years ago when we first did it, I, it's teaching, it's obviously teaching, uh, it's um, instruction and teaching, it's uh, guidance and direction. Uh, that's what Yahweh means. Which and it can it can never be laws, and it can never be something like the religious people do because you have no. free will. Yeah, because Yahweh is very clear. He says that uh, that his Torah is based upon the verb Yara. Yes. So he explains specifically that the actionable root of mm-hmm. Torah is not obey. In fact, there's not even a Hebrew word for obey. It's not law. I'm not even sure there is a Hebrew word for law. Uh, it is Yara which is a source from which direction and guidance and teaching, uh, instructions flow. So Torah means source of guidance, Mm -hmm. a place to go for teaching. (laughs) It's such a, I don't know if you could have a better root for uh, Torah than Yara. 
No. And if, and if you look at Yahweh just by itself and pictographically, then you've got uh, Yah lifting up, and I'm, I'm using it synonymous with Dode as well, because he's leading the pack. He's working with Yah the whole time, it's evident. And Yah lifts up uh, those who shamar his Torah, and that's the carefully, that's not to obey, like all the lexicons would say, and uh, is, is to uh, carefully consider and closely examine Yahweh's words. What are the promises? What did he say to do if you want to come home? And then the final product at the end of Yahweh is a hey, and pictographically that displays someone who is just uh, looking up, standing up, engaged in the walk, where where they're walking. They're walking the path of the Moed Mikra. Uh, we're going to Yahweh, or when you're coming home, if you're over here at some point, and most of the people are in Europe, or Jews are now in uh, Yehudim, rather, or and Israel as well, I mean, out of Israel or in the United States or Europe. And they're moving, they should be moving back there or they at least go to, go to Yahweh through the Moed Mikras and, uh, and be reconciled. And then if you look at the other word, Shalem, which is interesting, you have a, uh, a shin and a lamb and a mem. Uh, and, of course, you have, that's uh, the words... In this case, it's more than just the words of Yahweh. It's also the words of the Psalms written by Dode, even though they are inspired, of course. But, I mean, once again, it's, I just can't look at that anymore with just saying, oh, the words of Yahweh, they have to be the words of Dode or, or another prophet. And you have a shepherd's staff, is the L, and that's uh, that's pretty symbolic of uh, our shepherd, yeah, our king. He is our yeah. shepherd, yes. Yeah. And, and then you have, interesting, you have the mem at the end, which is cleansing water and purifying, symbolic of the royal Kodesh is what I would normally say. But then you have uh, two concepts. One of them is uh, that you had mentioned in your, and a little earlier when you were reading it, the concept of the river to the sea, uh, of the land that he will, he will have and, and control and give, give to us. Uh, and, but also it's the, um, it's, uh, the cleansing done by what? By by Dode when he went through, suffered through Pesach and Matzah and Bukurim, and uh, he went to Sheol. Yeah, the water I mean, of so, Bukurim when they came through the Red Sea and and yeah, the uh, lie besides the uh, still waters and the and the twenty uh, third Mizmor that's all about uh, him serving as a a shepherd. Um, yes, that does uh, ties together beautifully, doesn't it? Yeah, oh yeah, I just it's all over the place, and so if you want reinforcement, and that's uh, and now unfortunately I'm seeing so much of this that uh, you know I've been working on the glossary and I just finished all the verbs, and we're going. I was moving on to the nouns uh, once I put some grammar in there, but now I almost feel like I need to go back and put all the pictographs in there as well, so you can yeah. see the whole picture. <laughs> yeah, I have to live this year. <laughs> to finish this off, or I'm going to go crazy. And so, you know, but uh, I'm going to have some. I'm going to yeah, have he, yeah. Hebrew is one well. of those uh, few languages where the graphic depiction of the letters as they were originally formed um, tell a story. Yeah. And yeah, so every hard. word can be analyzed this way with the letters that uh, that form the words, and and their legacy is is still with us. I mean, you you know, um, uh, they're they are, in fact, uh, defined this way. You know, Beth, Beth is a uh, is a great example. Uh, Beth means home in Hebrew. It was drawn, and the the letter Beth was drawn in the form of a home. Mm-hmm. 
So uh, Ain means I in Hebrew. Even to this day, it was drawn in the uh, the, the form of an I. Uh, Yod in uh, in Hebrew is uh, the, the letter uh, vocalized now as Yod was originally vocalized as Yad, and Yad means hand, and it was drawn mm-hmm. in the form of a hand. Yeah, hand, reaching, so, yeah, reaching. Yeah, it's uh, it's not. It's really not all that difficult to uh, to see the legacy of the original pictographs that uh, conveyed the uh, meaning of these words, and uh, and you know that is the alphabet that the Torah would have been originally written in. Oh yeah, and in Yosha, we found out you know with that lead thing discovered, he kind of sealed the you know he just sealed the point. I mean there it is. As he buried it. There it is. You know <laughs> pictographs of. Uh, you know, game over. Anyway, yes. it's just anyway. Yeah, it's a it's a beautiful language. It's a it's a beautiful message, um, and you know, it's just something that uh, written so casually by God. Well, therefore, now political and religious leaders, military and government officials. Choose to be prudent and circumspect, which is hard to do if you're a progressive. And elect to pay attention to this warning. Making a rational decision to defend the land. And of course, they're all opposed to it. Yeah. All of them. Now, ultimately, during the last days, it's going to boil down to one man's stance on Israel. Every political and religious leader, each military and government official who isn't circumspect in this regard, who isn't choosing to wisely um, support Yahweh's people, his place, are going to be destroyed. One's patriotism and faith will not matter, and it will uh, likely be counterproductive. Where we stand on Israel is what what counts. It's why we do this program. It is why we've written the 30 books of yada yada. It's why we're rewriting Prophet of Doom as goddamn religion. Um, It's uh, all done for a love of God's people for Yisrael and to defend them against a world that is falling apart and turning against them. So while that conclusion is valid, let's never lose sight of the fact that this contains a referendum on Dote. The beloved son and his prophetic insights regarding what father and son will achieve together. And it is that very point that Yahweh is reinforcing now at the conclusion of the second mismore it's hard to believe that we were actually talking about the seventh uh, the second mismore as we went into zachariah it might have seemed like a lifetime ago but uh, here is uh, mismore 2 uh, verse 11 okay. with reverence and respect work with and serve alongside yahweh and rejoice to the point of quivering. That's pretty good advice. With reverence and respect, work with 
and serve alongside Yahweh and rejoice to the point of quivering. And in all, yeah. No one in all of human history did this better than Dode. His passion to serve was only exceeded by his intellect. As a result, he is our point of contact with God. He opened the door and set out the welcome mat so that we could come home. And considering the cost and his relationship with God, denying any of it is going to do nothing but engender wrath. And that is as it should be. Father and Son work together so that we might live. To have made this sacrifice only to have it discredited by the religious is unconscionable. It's a crime against the people to whom it was offered. And no one has done more to hide and negate what Dode did to provide life than rabbis. As you consider Dode's next pronouncement, now take note that uh, he used bar instead of ben for son. Very unusual. To show just how uncommon this is, Bar only appears four times, while Ben is used 5,000 in the Torah and Prophets. The reasons are twofold. First, what follows is unlike anything we have seen in the Torah and Prophets. This next refrain speaks of our perceptions of Dode and of the consequence of disrespecting him, which is a life and death decision. We are being told that our fate is subject to where we stand with the Messiah and Son of God, which is as it should be. This is because he is our Savior. He's the one that endured Pesach and Matzah leading to Bokorim, fulfilled through Shavuah. His sacrifice is the source of eternal life, leading to the perfection of our soul and subsequent adoption into the covenant family. Second, in recognizing how unique this statement is regarding the interrelationship between Dode and salvation, it calls for the kind of elucidation a special word like bar provides. More than a Ben's son, the Messiah is bar. He's the radiant and favorite son the brilliant and purifying heir. Dode is Bashar, the chosen one, therefore Yah's bar favorite son. Dode is intellectually brilliant, as we have learned, but he is also returning as bar, as brilliant as the sun. Most importantly, by <clears throat> serving to fulfill the Mikre, Dode bar purifies the souls of the covenant's children. Further, as Yahweh's Bakur, firstborn, he is the bar, heir, with the ultimate inheritance. In addition to son, in bar we find the illuminating and enlightening child with an inheritance who chose to provide moral cleansing and intellectual understanding. It's quite a word. 
The bar is selected and dispatched to conceive supernatural children who are radiant, fostering favoritism among those choosing to participate in this special relationship as sons and heirs. The bar contributes to the conception of the descendants who are bright and pure, akin to clean, a cleansed and purified grain, symbolic of saved souls, thereby paving the way to an inheritance, to enlightenment, and to comprehension. The bar is a son, and a whole lot more. Mm. Reach out in touch, contacting as a sign of affection, demonstrating your mutual adoration for the relationship with the radiant and favorite sun, the brilliant and purifying air, bar, the illuminating and enlightening child with an inheritance who chose to provide moral cleansing and intellectual understanding, lest he becomes indignant and displeased and you perish in this way. Indeed, his righteous indignation can be kindled for a few and for very little, comparably. Joyful with me and blessed by me, Ashery, are all who put their trust in him. Dode is no longer being subtle. It's long past time to be subtle. I don't think he was all that subtle in in the 22nd Mismore, and yet it took me 20 years to figure it out. Oh, duh, it's written in first person because he's talking about himself. Yeah. Uh, It it wasn't until rewriting all of the, retranslating all of the Mismore and working in the the moods, these uh, volitional moods, first, second, and third person, it finally said, oh, my God, he is volunteering to be the Passover lamb. Yahweh's a green. And so I guess he was just too subtle for us. (laughs) (laughs) But not here. No. Uh, Yahweh's basically saying, listen, you've irritated him for the past 2,000 years, rabbis. You've denounced him. You've denied him. You've denied yourself. You've denied your people. You've replaced him with a uh, a warlord. You've plastered over him with your religion. You've deprived your people of life. Denied them of the great sacrifice Dode has made. God's saying, you know, maybe you've over-irritated him. And since he's your savior, you're in trouble. Kicking at him, spitting at him is a really bad idea. Pretending that you have a star of David is insulting. Pretending that there's a Messiah coming and you don't know who it is is humiliating. Pretending that there's no salvation in Judaism when he saved the children of the covenant. Fascinating. So God's just not being subtle here. He's saying, you know, one of the, the perks that comes with having done this 
is if Doe doesn't like you, you don't benefit. And Doe's not going to like you if you've denied his people of what he has done. Now, of course, the positive side is, why would you want to deny your Savior? Why would you want to deny your king? Why would you want to deny someone that's offering you the inheritance of the universe? Why would you want to deny somebody that's saying, I'm going to give you a gift that gives you eternal life, that perfects you, that causes you to be adopted into God's family, to be enriched and to be empowered and to be enlightened and to be emancipated. That is the gift I'm giving you. Why would you want to upset that person? No, you're a real jerk. I don't want those gifts. How dare you offer those gifts to me? <laughs> and what Toad is basically saying, if you're going to be that big an idiot, I don't want any part of you. It's just like I said, I don't want religious people in, in okay. eternity with us. So mess it up. So God said, you know, he, he uh, walked the walk. Yeah. One of the perks is, if he doesn't like you, then it's just over for you. Because there's no other means of salvation. Mm-hmm. Almost infers, too, that if he really likes you, that uh, he uh, has some advantages uh, because of what he did. Uh, I know I've, I, I know I have um, naysayers on this, and, and uh, you know, I could be wrong. But uh, the uh, Torah and prophets seem to indicate that uh, I'm right on this. It's, it's uh, just intuition on my part, and it dawned on me very, very powerfully the moment that I first realized that Dode volunteered to do this is that he loved Absalom. Yeah. And yeah. Absalom did something horrible, but so did Dode from time to time. And, and yet Dode loved Absalom. And if I'm Dode, I'm going to Yahweh and said, okay, realistically, I need this, you need this. But you really do need this. You need me to do this, Yahweh. I'm the only guy that can do this. I'm prepared to do it. You've enabled me to do it. I volunteer to do it. You really need me to do it. I want something in return. And that is, I want this for my son. I want to overlook everything that he has done. I want to be able to take his guilt with me and deposit it there too. I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe I'm I'm pushing it, and uh, uh, it's just I'm not. I, I'm I'm looking for motivation because of what uh, what Dode volunteered to do, and right. I mean to know him and his passion for certain things. I uh, I can see him saying, "I want to get my own family <laughs> straightened out too." That we're doing this, yeah, <clears throat> for your family. And I know that your family and my family are the same family, but I really do want to benefit my family too. I just, it just seems so very doubt. And it seems so very Yahweh to say, yeah, of course. Uh, You know, benefiting from all of the things that Doe did, he's now perfect again. So anyway, that's what I, I think. So I think it, uh, I think Doe has, um, Authority, that's what this says, by the way, that Dode has very unique mm-hmm. authority in this regard. If mm-hmm. he doesn't like you because of what you've done, 
the day it's over for you. And if he likes you because you followed his advice and with respect uh, you've chosen to work with Yahweh, uh, that's going to endear him uh, because you've chosen to be his troubadour and announcing what he has done for his people so that more people benefit from his sacrifice. That's going to endear you to him. Hmm. And those who he loves, he's has the authority to say, yeah, that's part of my family. That's, um, uh, I think it makes sense. Yeah. So anyway, that's that's my thoughts on it. And um, this is one of the, the, I think, what we're talking about in terms of Dode volunteering to fulfill Pesach, Matz, and Bakotam, what it means, how he did it, why he did it, what it, uh, uh, how we capitalize upon it, what it means right now for Yisrael, uh, how Dode is also the one that, that is going to fulfill uh, Yom Kippurim, uh, anointing the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant as is required to reconcile the relationship. Dode is our king. He is our brother. He is our savior. He is our shepherd. He is the firstborn son of God and the Messiah. Coming to recognize that he is all of those things and no one else is all of those things is, I think, the single greatest discovery of the past 2,000 years. Yeah. And it's one of the gifts that Yahweh has enabled us to share. It's not our gift to give, but it is our gift to share. Yeah. Both and, yes, and I, uh, I am, I am uh, thankful for Yahweh for enabling us to be part of this message to Troubadour and Harold, um, the work that he and his son did together. Hmm. Well, good night, Yisrael. Good night, uh, all. Uh, We speak to Yehudim, but uh, we're happy to have Goyim, like ourselves, uh, join in Yahweh's family. We're calling you home to to Yahweh. to get to know him by name, by reputation, as a father, to understand what he's asking for us, from us, to be part of his covenant family, what he is providing in return, and how the our willingness to um, reply favorably to his seven Moed Mikre uh, enable us to capitalize on this marvelous gift and how Dode plays such a magnificent role in and all of it. So thank you to uh, listening to the, uh, the second Mismore. We'll return to you this time next week as we, uh, we near this year's celebration of uh, Pesach, uh, Matzah, and Bakotam as the, uh, the moon's light renews and becomes full uh, within this month. May Yahweh bless. Good night. Good night, y'all. Night, Night, Kirk. Thank mm-hmm. you.